0: Emotional and erotic intimacy are learnable skills. And so working with the clients to teach essential tools that lead to deeper love, deeper emotional connections, even for those with maybe you know attachment or sexual trauma, um, working with clients in that space too. (laughs) Yeah, I love it.
1: Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Girls Gone Deep. Uh, we have another guest with us today, part two, with Spicy Ginger, Leah.
2: <laughs> and I'm Elle. And I'm V. And I'm Spicy Ginger, Leah. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> So with this week's episode, we're just going to be expanding on the somatica training that Leah has been going through, is going through, um, and she's going to lead us through a breathing exercise shortly. But before we dive into that, Leah, would you mind just kind of explaining to us a little bit what is this somatic training about? And did, did I get that right? Is it somatica or somatic? I've also heard
1: it called somatic healing. Like, Is there multiple names for it? Can you elaborate?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I am doing my training through the Somatica Institute. So once I've finished everything, I will be a Somatica Method trained intimacy, sex, and relationship coach. And through the Somatica Institute, they do a lot of somatic work. So looking at a holistic approach to... Deepening intimate connections in a relationship, looking at enhancing one's sexual well-being and overall physical and emotional health, looking at integration of the body and the mind, the breath, you know, kind of looking at all of these different attributes. And something that I really loved about the Somatica training specifically is that um, coming from a perspective at intimacy is, is a learned skill. You can learn intimacy. And so what we do in, in our sessions with our clients, and that's work I'm starting to get into. And at the end of the episode, I'll share some information on how people can get in touch with me if they're interested in working with me through this as well. But working with our clients as a somatica coach we get to create a experiential kind of relationship lab. So it involves some talk conversation. So your traditional like talk therapy, talk coaching, it will involve that, but it also takes that a step further and actually creates a space and an environment where individuals can practice intimacy skills. So practice erotic embodiment breathing, practice attunement with a partner, practice touching, practice discussing a boundary, Um, being able to practice all of these things with the coach. So then when they go to do that with their partner or partners, it's easier to do that, right? And it's that muscle that you continue to build and develop over time. So I really like that they've you know, kind of taken traditional talk therapy, talk coaching, and leveled it up to meet clients where they're at and offer them additional tools. So that's in a nutshell what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me that you said was... um You know, when we talk about talk therapy, it really just relies a lot on like recounting experiences. This is what happened to me. This is how I felt. And when you're in these, I feel like with the somatic uh, type of experiences, you're actually doing these things together. You as the coach can actually experience what they go through in like a physical changes that happen to them in real time. I think that's so valuable because a lot of people, when they feel the effects of their emotional issues present physically, for example, heart racing, losing their words, can't talk. They don't know how to work through some of that stuff. And I think what's really cool about what you're doing is the somatica training helps you coach these people through those physical experiences. And um, another thing that you said was boundary discussion. And what stood out to me here is can, we always say, communicate with your partner, be assertive, speak your mind, but then it's always so better, you know, easier said than done. When it comes time in the moment, you freeze, you don't have the words, you stumble, and then you're not sure what to do. And so having these situational experiences with coaches where you can practice it um, and, and reenact it together, I think is so valuable and so powerful to help people communicate better with their partner
0: hmm yes, all of that, and the somatica method that we really base all of our sessions around and the core of what we look at is yes that that talk that talk based connection and experiential practice, but there's really three cornerstone beliefs that they operate around, and one is that pleasure is. An amazing tool for transformation. So they like to say transformation through pleasure. Yes, there are going to be things that are dug up that might be triggering or traumatic to rehash and visiting maybe inner child work or something like that. But being able to practice and feel pleasure in sessions with the coach, knowing that, okay, that actually wasn't so bad. So with a partner, it's a little less scary. And being able to find healing and transformation through practicing pleasure, practicing intimacy—again, emotional and erotic intimacy—are learnable skills. And so, working with the clients to teach essential tools that lead to deeper love, deeper emotional connections, even for those with maybe you know attachment or sexual trauma. Um, working with clients in that in that space too, and then also everybody's different. Every relationship is different you know you're going to look at monogamy then vin- differently than you do ethical non-monogamy you're going to look at you know same sex partnerships different than you know a heterosexual partnership right so one size does not fit all and true intimacy does require a space for differences and a balance between attachment and individuation mm. That's so amazing.
1: <laughs> There's so much to digest there. I have a couple of comments and questions. Mm-hmm, the first thing, that, the first cornerstone that you brought up was experiencing pleasure and like facilitating that intimacy. So as a coach, do you, are you physic, in physical contact with the other person? Is it just talk therapy? I'm curious about what that kind of a, a experience would look like for the client and the coach.
2: I yeah. am as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is again, where this, um, this kind of work is a little bit different than traditional like talk therapy that you might, you know, go to with just a straight up sex therapist. Um, this somatica coaching work, we are able as coaches able to get physical with our clients. Everything is based around enthusiastic consent, right? You know, the, the client is consenting to being touched. Everything is closed on. So there are boundaries within the method. You know, if I am seeing a client, I'm not seeing them, you know, typically outside of, of that client, that client space, um, you know, but being able to practice like coming up to someone and getting close to them. I have heard some coaches who have um, allowed kissing just not on the mouth, but they'll allow some kissing around the body when getting intimate and connected with clients. When we look at our tools that we have in different practices that we use. Um, this is a practice that I can do virtually with clients. so i I do expect to have a number of clients that are virtual and have people I've worked with virtual. Um, so far, but we also can work in person. Obviously, there are different tools we can do when working in person. For one example, we have a tool called the animal game. It's one that's a little tougher to do when you're not in person, but essentially the point of that exercise is to really break down any, any barrier that's going to be on the forefront and just tune into the internal animalistic urges. And sensations. So, I watched in my training a video of one of our founders using this tool on a client who was feeling really inhibited, not only in their sexual and intimate relationships, but they were feeling inhibited in their everyday lives and not feeling confident when they step into a workplace or something like that. So, they did this animal game where they both got on the floor together and closed their eyes. And she walked this individual through, you know, first just kind of notice your animal self, like tune into yourself, you know, feel, feel your animal skin, um, and then start to notice you have another animal in the room with you. And so she walked him through this exercise and it, it's, it's a hard to describe without just seeing it, but it gets so spicy and so sexy and so erotic. And I just remember being like, I get to do that. Like I get to teach transformation <laughs> through pleasure. Like what? Like in my training, I was like, this is so cool. But it, it was amazing to be able to then see this client, like really just like tune in to their urges and desires
1: I imagine somebody going into this experience, like I tried to just put myself in that animal position and getting mm-hmm. shy. And I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. How do I feel into this? Just this little bit of, I guess, insecurity would get poked in that moment. So did, did the client show that discomfort? And like, were there any words yeah. and communication happening in between the two of them in that moment? Was he resistant at all?
0: Yeah. So they, they kept the exercise less around talk and more about feel. So, you know, after she kind of got him into it at the beginning, um, the talking was a little bit less. Right. And it was just like, if you need to make a noise, make a noise, but you could see, I mean, you watch the exercise this individual start off and they are, they're shy and you can tell they're like, I don't really know what to do. They're just lightly touching their shoulder And by the end, I mean, they had their coach pinned down and was on top of them, like sniffing up her neck, like just Mm. fully, like fully in their erotic self. And you just see this transformation as they slowly like let go and then let go a little bit more and tune in.
2: Mm. That's amazing. That is wild. And it is interesting to think about because like, I feel like people like us, Al, are, perfect candidates for this type of work because we are playful and we do like, you know, self-growth and, but I can still see myself getting inhibited. Oh yeah, me too.
1: A hundred percent. Role you,
2: play is my trigger, you know, like this is kind of like a role play. It's, it's yeah.
1: trying to embrace another persona and it's, it takes a bit for me to get get into that.
2: Yeah. Well, just put on a blindfold and he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> As I've been told. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Get out of your Blind- head. Blindfolds will just fix all your problems. Yeah. There exactly. go. You can't see it. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. I don't exist. Well, uh, so two things. Number one, that actually came into play for me last night. Uh, I was with Jay and I was just feeling really... I'm sidebarring here real quick. Mm-hmm. I love it. Is anyone just so fucked up with what is going on in the world and feeling it in their bodies and their minds at all times right now? Because I am. And I started crying last night, and then we started having sex, and I was like, I can't get out of my head. And I was just Aww. like, keep your eyes closed, keep your eyes closed. Anyway, that's the point.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, and the space of transparency and just full fucking honesty on this podcast, this entire day, I, I ended up having to not go into the studio. I found coverage for my class tonight because my whole body has just been shaking today. Mm. Like I'm feeling like something happening and I just feel off and, you know, I'm happy to still be here and doing this tonight. But yeah, like there are definitely shifts happening in the world right now. And I think it is okay to acknowledge that people may be feeling this in different ways. And today it just hit me in like severe anxiety of feeling really fucked up in the world Mm -hmm. and just coming out and like my body shaking all day long. And I finally got it under control, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so fortunate that that
2: we live here, which is Mm -hmm. so far from Israel and Gaza, because right now we're recording this on October 18th, 2023. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of upheaval in the world, to put it lightly. And what I'm trying to say is we're so lucky to be here and not there, but then you have this feeling of like, Kind of helplessness and what can you do? Mm -hmm. And just hearing over and over all day, every day, firsthand accounts of what's going on over there on the ground. And it's just, it gets inside you. Yeah. It gets inside Mm. your bones. So I guess that is a good thing to bring up with what we're Mm -hmm. talking about with somatic healing, but then also bringing it back to the sexual aspect of this Mm -hmm. podcast, you know, how do you kind of overcome in the moment feelings that you're having, whether it is about, you know. Current events or war or something like that, or you know, you had a difficult conversation with your mother or whatever. What do you guys mm-hmm. have any tools that like allow you to kind of get out of your head and into your body with your partner or you know, at a sex party or something like that?
0: Yeah.
2: Like I like a bi- I think- blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: put a blindfold on, just put a blindfold on. Blindfold and ball gag me. <laughs> Uh. Um, Yeah. Elle, do you have any any tools? I have one we can go through together, but I'm curious to see what tools you guys have your, for yourselves first.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I think breathing is just such a, it's so cliche to say breathing, but breathing is just the one tool we all have available to us any time of the day. And it is the one thing that is a physical sensation for us. And so, and that's also triggered to it, it causes those moments of relaxation as we breathe slower. Our exhale should always be longer. And that's what activates our calming nervous system. So for me, like breathing is always important and coming back to your breath. So not thinking on your thoughts, but counting your breaths instead. So three mm-hmm. or four counts in, pausing at the top. And I try to do about five to six counts out and doing that at least three times. How long does that take? You know, 20 seconds to just recenter yourself on breath and breathing is it's a tool everybody can use. So that would be my suggestion. And that's what I've done in the past. I also find that sometimes when I'm feeling anxious or repetitive thinking or negative thoughts, say I'm at a party or I'm with a group of people, or this is what I would experience anxiety after doing a lot of substances. I actually noticed that in the moment I was humming like I would take a deep breath and I would, mm, or like, mm, but nobody could hear me because there would be DJ music around and all of that. And I started to notice that I would do this humming pattern. I'm like, why am I humming? Like, what's going on? And knowing my background in you know the body and and medicine and holistic health, I was said, oh wow, your vagus nerve is a major nerve that is responsible for your calming nervous system, and it actually runs down along the carotid artery through your neck. So one way to activate your vagus nerve is to hum. Some doctors will tell you to sing or gargle water or any of those vibrational sounds in the throat is going to activate your vagus nerve. And so it's almost, it was interesting for me to observe that subconsciously I was trying to calm myself down through humming and I didn't realize it till after the fact. So breathing, humming, singing, any of those things can be really helpful.
2: Jay makes fun of me all the time because I often will like come into a room, sit down on the couch and be like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be like tough day, babe. And that makes a lot of sense hearing you say that. It's like my body just naturally wants to release tension through my vocal cords kind of. Mm.
1: Yeah. And another interesting thing, you mentioned the sound of the sigh. So there's actually this um, emotional healing technique called biofield tuning. And they take a tuning fork and they scan almost like a foot or two away from your body where they'll hold it against a part of your body. And the tuning fork will resonate based off of what's being expressed in your energy field or off of your body. And it creates a sound. But what that does is now your body hears itself. And it's interesting in that moment, you can hear the body autocorrect itself and the sound changes. And so you, you also releasing your sigh is like your body hearing itself and tuning to it and, and settling with that. So it's, it's wow. an interesting self correction technique.
2: Uh, I love our woo woo episode. <laughs> yes. This is, this
1: is my jam, ladies. All this energy, trauma in the body, emotional healing stuff.
0: <laughs> thank you. I know. For, I love
2: this. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you, you for, for sharing going on that. this kind of like uh, tangent with me. I felt like, I don't know. I, I always try to have these conversations be as authentic as possible. And like, this is what has been on my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is appropriate. Leah, you said you had an exercise to bring us through. Do you think it would be appropriate to slide in now? Kind of recenter?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And something I was just going to say too, you know, back to your question, V, around, um, you know, to kind of stay in the moment, get out of your head a little bit, things that I do. One thing is breathing, which we're going to go through a breathing exercise here together for erotic embodiment breathing that I really like. It's a three part breath that is super powerful to me. But I also will oftentimes, when I find myself like running through all these thoughts in my brain or making up stories, is reminding myself that my thoughts are not facts.
1: Mm, yeah. You are the observer of your thoughts. Yep, they don't mean mm-hmm. that they're real.
0: Untethered soul.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Michael Singer. If no, if anyone knows who that is, check him out. Michael Singer. Untethered soul teaches you how to be the observer of your thoughts, and that they're just thoughts. Though they're, they're going to come and go. Your body's going to chitter chatter, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're real. I've read that book three times, and I've listened to the audiobook twice. I read his other book, Surrender Experiment, and I did his eight-hour putting the untethered soul in action course. So highly, highly
0: Mm. recommend it. Love it. So that brings us back to, so, you know, talking about breath work, um, you know, breath work is so foundational. It is to me, your most foundational tool that like you said, Elle, you have with you every second of every day. Breath work is so essential for you to continue having like deeper intimate connections with yourself and with your partner to be able to tune into like what are the sensations and the emotions that are coming up for you right now so i have this breathing exercise we can walk through together three-part breathing exercise. I'll slow it down um, just so you guys can kind of see how we build onto this. But this is an exercise and a tool that you could do a little bit faster for yourself, you know, outside of a coaching space. But the three-part breath is a very common tool that I'll use for co-regulation or just getting someone in tune with what's happening with their erotic being. So does that sound like something you guys want to do? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sounds like something I want to do. If it is not something that you, listener, want to do, we always put the minutes um, and seconds of the different segments of the episode in the episode details. So feel free to just go into the details and click on the next segment that we're doing if you do not wish to do this exercise. All
0: right. All right. Let's go ahead and begin. If you want to get yourself L and B and listeners at home, get yourself in a comfortable seated position or maybe lie down on your bed, your couch, your floor. And then just start to arrive in your current space. Take a deep, relaxing breath into the chest.
3: Allow your chest to rise and then exhale out to relax, release with an open breath. Inhale through the nose. Exhale, let it go through the mouth.
0: Just continue to take some slow, deep breaths up in your chest and let your chest rise. Expanding your being, your heart. Getting ready to really tune into your eroticism. Deep, slow breaths in
3: and exhale out.
0: And as you continue your breath, start to notice again what's happening in your body without trying
3: to change anything. Just notice what's happening.
0: And now as you take your next breath, start to move that up from your chest down into your belly.
3: Feel the belly expand and contract.
0: Maybe you take a hand to your belly as you feel it rise and fall with every breath.
3: You need to notice feel the sensations coming up in your body. Full breaths in, press down into your belly. And on your
0: next breath, press it down as far as you can go. All the way down to your pelvic floor down into your genitals.
3: Maybe you take your hand down and just gently cup your pussy or your cock. Notice the sensations of your pelvic floor as you press your breath down.
0: Now, on your in breath, squeeze the muscles of your pelvic floor like you're trying to stop yourself from peeing or doing Kegels. Squeeze it in tight on the in breath and exhale, release.
3: Squeeze on the in breath, hold it. Exhale on the release. Do that a couple more times.
0: And on your last breath here, squeeze it in nice and tight. Hold your breath. Feel the eroticism in your body all the way down to your pussy or cock.
3: And then release. Let it go. Take a deep breath in. Through your chest, your belly, your genitals. And slowly, gently notice your body, your space around you as you gently come back into your room, keeping this beautiful connection you've just made with yourself. Take a look around your room. take a look back at me and just notice what feels different.
1: Yeah, that was really Thank you, nice. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Definitely have this like wave of relaxation over me. And one, mm-hmm. of, one of the things that I think is it's hard for me to do. And maybe this is for other people too, is when we're doing these exercises, they always tell you to like belly breathe. And it's hard Mm. to just really pay attention to your belly. But the progression of this breathing was actually really nice because you started in the chest. And then as I handled the chest after three, three, four breaths, then we moved down into the belly. And then I was like, oh, wow, I can actually really feel my belly. And then putting the hand on the belly was another awareness to that. And then, again, progression down to, you know, the sacral area or, you know, their genital area. It's, like, probably one of the first and times I've been able to, like, actually feel that travel all the way down. So mm, sort of being that. guided was very helpful. So thank you.
2: Yes. Thank I you for sharing found that. I also putting my hand on my pussy was very helpful And I feel like that's just a small, simple tool that I could use at a sex party or something, just bringing awareness. Like, I don't need to do the full breathing exercise and meditation at a Mm -hmm. sex party or something, but just like, you know, start even just holding yourself down there or, you know, it. I felt myself almost starting to get wet. Like mm-hmm. just because it brings energy there mm-hmm.
1: and it's really mm-hmm.
2: cool. Yeah, yeah. I definitely
1: experienced some tingling for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, those things that you guys both picked up on, that's amazing. Um, being able to feel that energy. And I hope listeners at home, you were able to feel that. I would love to hear how this felt for you. Um, and you know, as you practice this breath more, you can go a little faster with it, right? So you can just like one deep breath into the chest. Exhale, press it down to the belly. Inhale, expand the belly. Exhale, press it down to the genitals. You know, like take it on a single breath for each and get that kind of energetic movement Um, I mean, it's like working out or doing any sort of muscle memory, getting the muscle memory of the breath Mm. and your body used to expanding in that way is it does take practice like anything, right? Um, that's a
1: really good point about the muscle memory. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as you practice this more, you know, it, it will get easier and it, it will get more natural for you too. Um, to be able to just, you know, okay, no one's gonna know that I'm really doing this right now, but I'm doing this erotic breathing <laughs> right now. Um, to connect, you know, to connect with my genitals and to, to to connect with my erotic being. Um I love that you both could feel some tingling and like maybe a little bit of wetness. So to tell you a story on on this in my training. So during my training, we do lectures around. Um, different pieces of intimacy, whether it be like talking about your hottest sexual movie and dom and sub dynamics or, you know, spirituality and sex um, boundaries, you know, whatever, we'll have our, our topic of conversation and then we'll do a demo. And, you know, I had about a hundred people in my training and we'll have one of our teachers, will someone will volunteer from our student group to be in the demo with the instructor, and everyone just watches everyone turns off their camera, but you know that they're watching watching in the demo um and then we break off into dyads and work with a partner in practice um well, this was. The first weekend of our somatica training, we went through this practice, and I was the student in the demo in front of all a hundred something people in my somatica oh, training, my and I was so turned on, my pussy was so wet, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna love this training. <laughs> like I'm just sitting here on Zoom, pussy wet, like oh my god. Oh my <laughs> so hot. It's, it's um,
1: working.
0: It's working. <laughs> yeah. And now that's something I do, like when I'm having a hard time falling asleep at night, like I'm a very sexual person. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm very erotic. I'm very sexual. I oftentimes, like if I'm especially having a hard time sleeping, I will like cut my pussy with my hand and I like fall asleep Mm -hmm. just like holding myself.
1: Yeah, I I love that tactic. And so just to expand a little bit on that. So from an energy perspective perspective, we have more energy that comes out of our hands because we're tactile beings. We need to touch and perceive the environment around us. We also have a lot more energy that comes out of the openings of our body, our mouths, our ears, our belly buttons, all of that. But the m- reason for me bringing this up is we have more energy that radiates from our hands. And so when you put it on an area, you're concentrating that energy. And yes, to be your point, you said I'm bringing more energy to that area. So, number two, so number one is you're bringing more energy to the area. And number two, something I always connect with is that the genital area is the root chakra and the root chakra has to do with safety, security, feeling grounded. And so when you put your hand there, you're basically activating security and safety. I had um, a female that uh, like a colleague of mine that was having trouble after having her baby. Um, She was having trouble being intimate with her partner. And she said that she just didn't feel comfortable and she didn't feel safe. And I said, you need to practice putting your hand on your on your genital area and just resting it there. And not only that, ask your partner to do that. And it doesn't have to be in a sexual way; he could just hold it for you. But just just having that held, just try it. You'll feel that that sense of calmness and grounding, and it's so much more connecting when it's not almost even not intimate. You know?
2: Do you? I'll ever hold M's dick while you guys are like laying and cuddling. Yeah. I hold J's dick all the time, like a yeah. soft dick. Yeah. I'll just cup it too sometimes. Yeah. And just touch it. Yeah. yeah. And I once asked him, like, what, to, what does that feel like to you? And like, once I was just like sitting there and cupping his balls and I don't know, it's comforting to me. And he said, I don't know, it just feels comforting. And I'm like, huh. So what you're saying mm-hmm. is kind of putting that into perspective. It's in alignment. Yeah. It's the
1: root chakra. Yeah. Ugh, I that. feel so
2: relaxed after that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so my question
1: for you, Leah, is what are some of the reasons why some people come for somatic sexual practices? Like who is this for? What, you know, what kind of people would, would be calling you? Just-
0: yeah. Honestly, anybody. Just as anyone could benefit from therapy and being able to have tools and resources and an individual to hold space for them and a healing and journey of transformation, same goes for your intimate sexual and relationship spaces. Mm. Um, It could be healing from a sexual trauma or abuse or being able to release stored emotions or tensions in the body. It could be addressing a um dysfunction maybe premature ejac- premature ejaculation or you know hey i'm having a hard time performing you know what does that look like it could be looking at body and self esteem issues like body um, shaming
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah it could be you know just sexual exploration and trying out new things you know I'm interested in getting more into BDSM and kink, but I have no idea where to start. And this isn't ever anything that anyone's ever talked to me about. So I don't even know what questions to ask. And, you know, a lot of it comes around to de-shamifying the sexual experience, Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which you guys, you know, talk about a lot as well. Um, And that's something I've been doing a lot of personal work in is – as of this past year was a lot of de-shamifying for myself of different things that like kinks that I thought were hot and interesting or wanted to try. And also just who I am and my sexuality, like de and letting go of any shame I was carrying around being bisexual and, you know, wanting to date in, mon- in a non-monogamous space, letting that go. And everyone in my family is more traditional in their relationships and monogamous in their relationships, and that's just not what I've been around. And it doesn't make me bad; mm-hmm. it's just different. And so that's a conversation I'm having often. But I've been doing a lot of work. Brene Brown does really great work around shame resiliency. Yeah, I love, and her. you know, she talks about shame versus guilt. Shame being. I am bad and guilt being I did something bad. Mm. And to me, that definition really set those two apart from one another. And I was like, okay, so I haven't been guilty. Like I haven't been carrying guilt. I've been carrying a lot of shame. Mm. What an amazing delineation. Yeah. 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 So shame is I, you know, to repeat that for our listeners, shame is I am bad. Guilt is I did something bad. And so Brene Brown does this really great work with shame resiliency and overcoming um, any shame that you may be carrying. And so that could be work I'm doing with a client is digging into de-shamifying their experience and holding space for them. A lot of it does also come back to inner child work, too, of connecting with your inner child and your core desires and talking about your hottest sexual movie. So so many different things you could do in this year. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of people who could use that as support. And the one thing that stands out to me with the shame is like we all have the shame. Shame we bring onto ourselves. Like you talking about how you're different from your family and just that mere delineation like I am not like them, something must be wrong with me. I am bad. Mm-hmm. Uh we we bring it on ourselves. And I also think that this has been years and years and years of shame around sex that we have been brought up with since we were a kid. Don't touch that. Don't do that. Don't say those things. You know, put your clothes back on. Like everything has been, you know, all negative about sex. You're going to get STDs. You're going to get pregnant. It's never positive. So I feel like we've all have a little bit of this shame around sex that could use healing and and this type of work for healing.
0: Mhm. I mean, I just want to be I I love sex. I love intimacy this this whole space just gets me so excited and i'm so excited to be doing this work and also like being the sex ed teacher that a lot of us just straight up did not have
1: yeah.
0: um i wish i was joking when i tell people that my sex ed like remember mean girls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the guy who's like if you have sex you will get pregnant and you will get an STD. And if it, it just that really awful, awful, awful sex ed. Mm-hmm. My sex ed in high school was taught by our wrestling coach who stood at the front of the room with his leg up on a chair. And I kid you not when everything led to premature death. If you have sex, you will get an STD and you it will lead to premature death. Oh my God. If you have sex, you will have premature death if you are in a hot tub and a man ejaculates next to you in a hot tub, you will get pregnant and you will end in premature death like it was just not even accurate things and so I mean I can't tell you how many people and adults I've talked to who have never even looked at their own genitals before mm-hmm. like never the women who haven't taken a mirror just to like say hello and it's it's not anything on them it's like our society does not set up a space to be positive around sex mm-hmm. it's all this negativity and like i was the kid who had i asked for a purity ring at one point because i was like nice church going girl <laughs> and had all of this all of these stories around what sex was and it looked like and i've been demystifying all of that and re-evaluating my relationship to sex after having also gone through a sexual trauma and having gone through, you know, having a very bad image of myself with sex and thinking that I was just an object and my purpose was to please Mm. and it didn't matter what I wanted. And I didn't even know what I wanted. And so it's, you know, I've been doing a lot of work and I see how I've, I've, healed from some religious trauma. And I've come out of that space stronger and more confident in who I am. I've gone through struggles around my sexuality, my identity, you know? And so I think me stepping into this space and doing this work, like I just hope if I can offer anybody out there tools that I've learned Mm. to help them up level and live their most authentically vibrant life, like I'm doing something right Mm. Like that is my goal.
1: Yeah. You're, amen. Yeah, amen. You're definitely living it and and leading by example for what you've gone through. I, I want to ask your opinion on something. This is something that I sometimes am curious about. So you talked about like the religious shame. You talked about the sexual trauma that mm-hmm. you experienced. Do you think it's necessary for in order for people to hear their tra- heal their traumas that they need to almost relive it in a certain way and then rewrite it? Or do you think that they can heal without reliving it? I The reason why I bring this up is I have I have a patient who I see who talks about her traumas that she had and she goes to talk therapy and she's like, I don't want to relive it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to experience that again. But I, everyone tells me that I have to go back to that moment. I have to go back to that trauma and and work through it. She's like, I don't want to do that. There has to be another way. And I was curious as your opinion on that and how you feel about the reliving of the trauma, or can you just move through it by just rewriting it and experiencing it in a different way?
0: I think it could be either or, or both and, right? I think there's a lot of benefit in going back and really getting into, okay, where is the root of this coming from? Because sometimes it might not be the trauma itself, but it's the stories that have been created and like the neurological pathways that have been created since that trauma. And sometimes in that healing, you do have to go back and like rewire Mm -hmm. those neurological pathways to, instead of being triggered every time X event happens, you've now rewired those pathways to, okay, X doesn't mean bad. Mm like I'm safe and I'm okay. But even then sometimes it's just the stories of self like I know when I went through my my sexual trauma it was a lot of it was a lot of stories around myself and feeling dirty and um, helpless like I couldn't speak and I didn't have a voice. And so something I had to then exercise and practice in my counseling and therapy was Using my voice
1: mm-hmm.
0: and practicing saying no. So similar, you know. I did a lot of mindfulness therapy, and I did a lot of, you know, a very similar kind of stuff to somatica in terms of like practicing the tools. But you know, that could be work that someone would be doing with me is, hey, we're going to actually practice saying no because maybe that—that's the piece that we need to heal a little bit more on is just the the power of self. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, one, one line that came up to me as you were explaining all of that, like reliving this trauma is if you can name it, you can tame it. And that just kind mm-hmm. of helps you to be able to reframe that old trauma and work on, like you said, the practices that would reverse the the, the brain patterns mm-hmm. and, that have been developed from that. Yeah.
2: The neurological pathways thing reminds me of, um, <clears throat> when I've thought about psychedelic healing, um, healing trauma through psychedelics. Mm. Do you, what are your thoughts on that and using mushrooms or LSD? Have you ever experienced it?
0: I have not formally used any of those substances for healing work. I do know people who have, um, I know individuals who have done ketamine treatments. I know people who have done um, you know, psilocybin treatments, and they have found them immensely, immensely helpful. I do think there's a lot of benefit in using more natural homeopathic things like that. Um, psilocybin, I mean, moreover, but making sure you're doing it with a trained professional. Yeah. Like always consulting and, and utilizing a trained professional for those kind of things because they are not substances to, especially if you're going to be doing them at the doses that you're going to potentially have those experiences with can cause more harm than good if you mm-hmm. don't have someone who is trained to care and work through those experiences with mm-hmm. you. Because I, I, I know a couple individuals who have had some not so great trauma and things come up to the surface and it's been very difficult for them to work through that but they were working with really great trained professionals Mm -hmm. and had they been doing that on their own, I don't think that would have ended well.
1: Yeah. Such a, such a good point that you need the support. I support the use of psilocybin, MDMA, ketamine. I think that there's just, it it just makes your brain communicate in ways that it would never have communicated before. And so you're literally Mm -hmm. opening up and activating and, and, Tapping into different areas of the brain that you wouldn't be able to do just with talk therapy or when you're or when you're conscious. Maybe there's ways to do it with certain breathing exercises where there's, you know, you're, you're mm. really deprived of oxygen and that forces other brain parts to turn on. But it's a difficult thing to activate all these other parts of the brain without the assistance of herbs and plants. And it's and another thing, it's been used for thousands of years. We have so much history mm-hmm. on some of these plant medicines that I'm so, so, so happy that the regulations from a governmental perspective have let up so that now we can research it. And we're seeing Mm -hmm. huge results in PTSD relief and and depression and anxiety and everything just getting better. So I am excited for the future.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think just, you know, even the note on that too, you know, just even like other medications would, everybody is different and the healing path of one person is not going to be the same as somebody else. And psilocybin could work really great for one person and it might do the complete opposite for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone is different. I think, again, just now that we're getting more information and can study it more and, you know, have more professionals who are working in this space, I think it's really important, again, to like look at your body chemistry and what your end goals are and what path is going to be best for you. Mm -hmm.
1: And one other disclaimer I want to mention real quick is that like using these plant medicines, if you have any type of diagnosis of say bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or any other mental health condition, that's a little bit more um, that could be, I guess, triggered more with these substances, you want to be extremely careful on trying it out and then definitely be, might not be the best option for you because that might push you over the edge. If you have those manic type episodes And situations. So I just wanted to lay that out there. It's not for everybody. You're right, Leah.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so I wanted to ask, and I think it's come out a lot in this whole conversation and last episode as well. But what role does spirituality and mental and emotional health play in your sex life, would you say? You mean spirituality from like an energetic
0: standpoint or a religious standpoint?
2: However you would like to think of that. I think of spirituality as like an energetic, higher being, universe, you know, woo-woo stuff. Yeah, (laughs) that's where I am. (laughs) Whatever that is for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say I'm more spiritual than I am organized religion. I think that everything does have and carry an energy and connection in towards one another. I do believe in put good energy out into the world, receive good energy. I think manifestation is so real of just being able to switch just the mindset practice of, of again, putting good thoughts, good energy, good intentionality into your everyday life. Um, You know, now that I've been healing a lot more in like my sexual journey, there have been people who I have like really connected with on a soul level. I mean, so many people in our in our group here that have just deeply, deeply spiritually connected with that, you know, I now feel like are family to me and who are such important people in my life, and so I think as I as I am a very open person, um, that does allow me to have deeper relationships with others, and now more intimate, sexy time. Not that you can't have intimate, sexy time outside of that. I think for me, it just it just makes that connection so much stronger.
1: Yeah, that was beautifully put. <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to reflect on my response to that question and. I would say that being in this sexual space has allowed me to open up more spiritually Mm -hmm. and connect with that side more. I feel like I've had a lot of experiences within this joy family where I have experienced so much gratitude and Mm. joy that have literally brought me to tears, but happy tears, like smiling tears of just Mm -hmm. disbelief that, oh my God, this is my life. How did I get here? This is amazing. And having that... I don't. It's just such an an overwhelming feeling to go through, and I didn't experience that until being in this lifestyle with these people who are as deeply connected with themselves as they are with others. I feel like I have had more uh, spiritual experiences in this space of sexuality. I've had orgasms where I feel like I left the planet for what felt like ten to fifteen seconds, but what probably wasn't um and i was like what just happened holy smokes you know and that in itself is a godlike experience you know so i think mm-hmm. sex is such a huge powerful realm to that spiritual connection to
0: ourselves yes all of that just yeah. the gratitude the love and so much of these experiences you know i'd have to agree with that like these experiences have made me more open and have made me You know, more connected with myself than I have ever been and that I ever dreamed imaginable. And something that I set out with intention to do in my coaching is, you know, I understand that not every client that comes to me is going to be as bisexual and free and non monogamous and kinky as I am. (laughs) And that's okay. And, what I intend to do with clients is still the joy and the gratitude and the appreciation and the love and the transformation through pleasure that we get to experience in this joy family and in this lifestyle. Be able to offer tools to people in other relationship structures or who maybe like aren't, like I said, into as much BDSM or kink, but be able to offer them the same tools to still have those experiences mm-hmm. and to still have that love and appreciation and gratitude because everyone, everyone deserves that. And that's why my my name of my business is Vibrant. Um, I have kind of a word of the year every year. It's a word that just kind of resonates and lands. And it was a word and... 2021, kind of going into 2022, I was really feeling just people kept using the word vibrant to describe me. They were, I just kept seeing the word vibrant pop up everywhere. And I'm like, why do I just keep being pulled to this vibrant thing? But it felt so connected to my core. And then when I had this idea of kind of transitioning my career into, working in sex and intimacy and being able to serve in a bigger way and provide tools and transform people's lives. Vibrant just clicked Mm. because I believe everybody, everybody deserves to live and feel and create their most authentically vibrant life. And Vibrant to you looks different to me, looks different to V and you get to dictate that. And all I get to do is give you tools to level that up and live your most vibrant life. Oh
1: my God. I love that whole connection to the word. Can you share where listeners can reach you, find you, connect with you? Because I mean, this is a wonderful, I had a wonderful breathing experience with you. I'm excited to do Mm -hmm. animal connection with you the next time I see you.
0: Mm -hmm. So where
1: where can our listeners find you and connect with you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I am still working on getting my website launched. So that will be on my Instagram. You can find my business Instagram Vibrant by Leah, all one word. So V-I-B-R-A-N-T-B-Y-L-E-I-A is how you spell my name. And once I have my website, it will be linked on there. And then I will also have V and L add it to the description of the podcast as well. So you can find my website. Um, again, I'll be, you know, I'm working with people. Virtually and in person in the Indianapolis area. Um, I plan on doing a number of retreats as well. I'm working on a women's empowerment retreat. Yes. Um, I really want to blend in. I'm working on some ideas right now to blend in my yoga and fitness side. Over the summer, I get led a yoga retreat to Croatia on a yacht for seven days. So <laughs> i want to recreate that, but with more sex intimacy and relationship work. So that is on the forefront as well in my business to have retreat experiences. So one-on-one coaching with couples, retreat experiences. Let's do oh, it.
1: Oh my goodness. I just had a huge idea. So are you going to
0: Hido next year for oh, yeah. some swing breakers? Are you- yeah, I don't know who my roommate's gonna be because <laughs> I just I I just booked a and a, a room and I just put a random name down from one of my friends and I was like I'm going. <laughs> I booked it immediately after we left last oh year because if you remember from the last episode, I went as a unicorn third with some friends of mine, yeah. and this year I was like, all right, I'm gonna book my room and I've got a short list of people who may want to come. I got to start locking that down. I don't know who my roommate's going to yeah. be, but I will be there. <laughs> All
2: right, stay tuned. Leah, thank you so much for this. I think that I can't wait to use your knowledge and... I don't know. Maybe I'm going to call you and have you do a a guided meditation for me sometime. Be like, hey, I want to practice. Yeah. Yeah. If you need students at all, I'm in.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I've thought about as well, um, you know, as I've been doing some more lingerie modeling. Um and just some boudoir shoots with some really amazing photographers. Something I'm probably going to do is start a Patreon page where I'm posting the uncensored photos from those shoots. Mm. And on that channel, whether it's like an OnlyFans or Patreon, I, th- I think I'm leading Patreon right now. Um, but I'm also wanting to upload some erotic meditations as well. Oh, that so kind of like same same as the breathing, but a little bit different. So I want to do some like erotic meditations. Ah yeah. It's exciting. Um
2: I I would be a patron of your Patreon <laughs> subscribe to your OnlyFans, whichever you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: I think that this is just a needed space here. This like somatic healing, connecting, finding different ways to connect back to yourself, especially in a sexual space where it feels safe and comfortable and working through all the trauma and shame that we've all been, it's been bled onto us. These our entire lives is so, so, so important. So I thank you personally for coming on the show and sharing your skill and talking about what the options are for people and to know that there's... A way to move through this at a healing. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but just like there's an option for you. You can figure out what you need to Mm -hmm. connect with yourself and and experience sex in a different way.
2: And one other thing that stood out to me was how you were saying this is a learned skill. Intimacy is a learned skill. And my dating coach always used to say that about like dating is a learned skill. Like we're just kind of like thrown to the wolves. It's like, you know, you're taught this awful sex ed that you were talking about all throughout school. And then it's like, okay, now get married and have a wonderful marriage and just work through all your troubles and have great sex. Bye. Like, and there's Mm -hmm. no, like, how do you do that? How do you have great sex? How do you communicate? How do you have a good relationship? Yeah,
1: such a good point, V. And so it just seems like sabbatic healing is the way to really practice these tools in real time with somebody else so that you can develop the skills of communication, work on your sexual intimacy, and ultimately work on your relationship with yourself and with your partner. So Leah, we're so happy that you're here today. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Please join in on the conversation. You can uh, send us an email at girls at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at girls deep pod. So send us a message and it would really help us out if you shared our podcast with your friends. We're trying to um, really reach a lot of people and get some insight. So uh, we're going to sign off now. So I'm L,
2: and I'm V.
0: And I'm the spicy ginger, aka Leah.
2: <laughs> so long, farewell. I'll be the same goodnight. night. Oh, <laughs> love this ginger. Do you hear the ch- 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 anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it rubbing yeah. against your sweatshirt now?
1: Yeah, you can hear Maybe. it. It sounds like it sounds like jewelry, ginger.
2: I bet it's
0: my sweatshirt. Okay sorry hold on on. let me i'm just sitting in my bed so and i'm not wearing a shirt under this so let me just change my shirt take it
1: take it take it take it it.